But Devin Booker growing into his own player and just able to like still lead this team even without Chris Paul on the court to just getting these wins. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday, April 12th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before we start, I do have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and TikTok. I almost forgot TikTok for updates on the podcast and for other great content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you won't miss an episode. And for all my podcast listeners, remember to subscribe and leave a review if you're on Apple, for Spotify, Anchor, or Podbean. Um, listeners, just show your support in any way possible. That would be highly, highly appreciated. And today, we're going to have a bonus episode of the pod. Yes, sir. Yes, we are. I didn't have a chance to give out my all-NBA, all-rookie, all-defensive team selections in the last episode because it went pretty long. I was joined by Juan from the Max and Juan cast, and we discussed our NBA awards. So we really couldn't have time to fit in my all-NBA team selections and all that. And this is what we're going to use today's episode for. Hopefully it doesn't go too long. I'm trying to keep. I'm hoping to keep this between 20 to 25 minutes. Not not going to go super in depth because I I'm pretty sure you hear it from a lot of people. But I will be making my selection for the all rookie teams, for the all defensive teams, and finally the all NBA teams. Very excited to to, to discuss that. Um, and that's basically all this episode is going to be. I would if you want to see my thoughts on the play in tournament, I'm going to be posting them on my TikTok. Probably about an hour or so before each um, each of the games. And I'm also going to be coming in in the morning discussing the results of those play-in games afterwards. So yeah, lots of content going to be coming around. NBA playoffs are well and truly here. I'm excited to be talking some basketball. Excited to be watching some NBA playoff atmosphere basketball tonight um, as like as the day I'm recording. Um, so you guys are going to know the results of the first play-in game. So yeah, it's still going to be a fun episode. Again, it's going to be released on a Wednesday Hope you guys enjoy it, and let's just get right into it. I've been babbling on for two minutes now. Let's get right into it. And just like I did for the NBA Awards, we got since we're going first, we got to be starting off with the rookies. And here I'm going to be giving you guys my two all-rookie teams. Now, what I like about the, the all-rookie teams is that there's no position limit, which I absolutely love. So I can just give you like my five best rookies on the all-rookie first team, and then my five, the next five best rookies for the all-rookie second team. Plain and simple. That's what I really like about this. You don't have to worry about, you know, like it is in the NBA, All-NBA and also All-Defense. Oh, he's a center. I might have to maneuver him to power forward or vice versa. No, here, five best rookies, second five best rookies. It's all good. I'm happy to be doing this. This one should go by pretty quickly because, let's be honest, All-Rookie selections are cool. Not going to really depend, um, determine these guys' future. But I do want to say something before I do get into these teams is that if I miss out some of your favorite players, it's fine. And the reason why it's fine is because this NBA draft class is deep. I mean, I'm gonna be like I'm looking at the NBA like draft board from the past um year, and honestly, like you could see I could see like so many of these guys being just like nice players in the NBA that could go on and have really good careers. I mean I some guys I don't even have on this list. Uh, Josh Christopher, he's been underrated this year. Isaiah Jackson. Um, going up, Trey Mann, Alperin Shangun, which might upset some people, but Alperin Shangun is not on this list. 
even looking at players like Azar Williamson, who's played a big role for the Grizzlies, a Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Suggs, who's struggling his first year, but I still think he's going to have a good career. Even going into the second round, I mean, Jeremiah Robinson Earl for the Thunder played a lot of minutes. Um, anyone else I'm missing? I mean, Kessler Edwards had some good roles, had a good role with the Nets. Even like a Delano Banton for the Raptors, he had an okay year in his like limited minutes. Even some undrafted guys. I mean, look, there's a lot of good rookies here, but I have narrowed down to ten. And honestly, even like with these like ten, these guys. I mean, I, I discussed those guys already. I mean, these guys are going to be great. These guys are going to be absolutely fantastic, and I'm excited to see the future of these of these guys. To be honest, so let's go on to the NBA rookie all rookie first team. Three of them should be obvious. I already talked about about them in depth in depth um, for the Rookie of the Year award. Let's start with Cade. Plain and simple, Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick, 17, 5, and 6. Started off slow. Definitely did start off slow to, um, in the, um, at the beginning of the season, mostly because of that injury. But then once 22 started coming around, he be- became an absolute baller. And you could tell why the Pistons drafted him number one. And I already said this in the last episode as well. If they had to do a redraft, I really do think Cade would still go number one. In my opinion, has the big, the highest ceiling out of anyone here, and he just looks like either the guard or the shooting guard that you want to have leading this team to the future. He's had a great year. He's 100% going to be on this all rookie team. Evan Mobley, um, another easy selection here. 15, eight, two and a half. Um, already went into depth about him. Going to be a generational great, generational defensive player. He's like an absolutely fantastic, and the way that he's just developed his offensive game already this year him working beside jared allen has been absolutely great and he's gonna have a bright future and i think that under this tuto- under the tutelage of um mm-hmm. jb bakerstaff a nice backup in kevin love to kind of show him more of the offensive side of the game i think he's gonna be a really good player and it's, as long as that Cavs team grows together i think they're gonna they're gonna have something special there especially with the jared allen um evan mobley and darius garland trio last like um absolute lock that i don't have to go too much into scotty barnes I've talked about him all year. In my opinion, the Rookie of the Year, um, if you haven't checked the last episode, he he does it all. 15, 7.5, 3.5. The fact that people said he wasn't going to be an offensive threat coming out of college and he's putting up these seven numbers, insane. He is going to, he is, again, someone going to be on this all rookie team. And then the other two guys. I haven't really talked about much of the other rookies, but I will at least talk a bit more about these guys. Another person here I want to put on Franz Wagner. Of the Orlando Magic, averaging 15 points a game, four and a half rebounds, three assists. Franz, I didn't think anyone really like thought much of him when he was drafted number eight from this, um, from this past draft. But he's really good. He's a really good player. He's a great offensive player. He's not afraid to um, sh- um, shoot the three ball. He is like 35% there. Very good free throw shooter, and he honestly like. Just could just be like maybe not like a star star player, but he's a great complimentary piece. And for someone where you had Jalen Suggs, hopefully you can grow that duo together. But seeing already the growth of Franz Wagner in this season, you got to be happy with it. He 100% should make this list. I mean, at some point, I think he was like number one scoring among all rookies too. So Franz Wagner definitely deserves um, some love here. And then Jalen Green. Jalen Green, for me, like, before this massive run he had, like, over these past few weeks, was going to be an all-rookie second-team guy, but he really did force his way onto this. I mean, just looking at a, looking at his game log, I swear, like, his, like, seven out of his final eight games were, like, all 30-point performances, which, when you really think about it, is absolutely insane for a rookie. I mean, yeah, he had, like, a, he had, like five straight 30-point games to end the season. Just, he's a bucket. 
He's a bucket. He said himself he's an absolute bucket. And he did, like, struggle earlier on this year, but he's finally found his way. You can see why he drafted him number two overall. This guy's going to be, like, one of the best scorers in the league one day. I definitely do believe that. All rookie second team. Um, again, I already said I some of the guys I missed out. Here's my second team. First one, someone who had the, um, what would I say, had the argument of being first team, but his injury really derailed his season, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy, I, I thought was a reach at the number six pick for the um, Oklahoma State Thunder. But, man, this guy could do it all. 12 points a game, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He had, like, 3 triple doubles this year. And him as a fit next to Shea Gildas Alexander is just great. He feeds in the ball. He doesn't need to get his he doesn't need to get a shot off to be effective in the game. Already has this crazy good vision. And yes, that injury did help him at um, hurt him at the end of the season. But he's still like shown that he could be a like a viable like cornerstone piece for this Thunder team. And look, they might I don't know how long they're gonna be going through this tech mode, but when you have him a potential first, um, a potential like um, top five pick this year with Shea Gildas Alexander already and some of the young pieces you got there, you're building something special. Josh Kiddie is definitely a cornerstone piece for them. Next person here, um, one of my personal favorite rookies this year, Bones Highland. Bones Highland of the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets fans just absolutely rave about him. Someone who was the, the third point guard before the season started, I think right behind Facundo Campazzo. And just absolutely took that role and is like just played extremely well. Ten points a game, three and three. Gonna be either a really good role player or maybe you never know. Like him getting like a maybe like a bigger role next year. Him potentially being in a starting lineup in the future. You never know what this guy's ceiling is gonna be. But him having an impact on a very good Nuggets team. Honestly, out of nowhere, being the twenty seventh pick, absolutely great. Bones Highland, definitely show him some love. Next person, like, I mean, I don't think like people I think know about his name. But they don't watch him that much, and I'm not going to be um, be frank with you. I haven't watched many Pelicans games this year, but I when I do, this guy just like jumps out the screen to me, Herb Jones. Herbert Jones being an undrafted player. I, th- I think he was an undrafted player. If not, he was like a second-round pick. Oh, no, he was a second-round pick, 35th overall. But Herbert Jones comes in, is like the starting small forward like right away for this team, small forward slash power forward, and he just comes in and makes an impact, almost like a 48% um, – um, from the field, 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. He just, like, is just, like, is a great player where, again, kind of like a um, um, someone like a Josh Giddy, something like that, you don't need to, like, get him the ball to, for him to be effective. He does, like, a lot of the little things. He is a, like, a money th- free throw shooter at such a young age. And he's just a great defender. He is just a great defender. This guy's, like, taking on, like, all types of guards, even some power forwards. I mean, he definitely has to still come to his own, like, come in on his own, like, what is, um, what is built and everything. But he's going to be a really good um, piece for the for the Pelicans team going forward, and especially getting him, like, in the second round. Great steal there. Herbert Jones definitely deserves to be on this list. And then this final guy, I mean, this guy had a lot of hype, like, earlier on the season, like, when he was absolutely killing it. Kind of slowed down, but I still think he deserves to make the list. Chris Duarte. 55 games played, that is something definitely um, where you could make maybe the argument for Shangun or someone else. But even still, one of the older rookies in the draft, 24 um, years of age. Chris Duarte is just a good player. Very good player. 13 points a game, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. He could, we've seen him get buckets. We've seen him like score in bunches. He's going to be either like a good piece for this like short-term rebuild for the Pacers. Or if another team gets him, he's just going to be a solid piece who just knows how to play his role. 
Chris Duarte, final player on the all-rookie team. So yeah, those are my two teams. Let me know down below what you guys think. And now let's move on to the next um, um, category, which is the all-defensive teams. Now, just like Defensive Player of the Year, it's tough to quantify defense on this level. you got to take into account the stats. you got to take into account how good the team is defensively because if you have, like, like a good, really good defense, you definitely have, like, a... Like, like a standout guy from that team. And it's also just the eye test. I mean, you can look at the eye test, like I said, the other stuff, and um, the advanced statistics. Mixture of that, you can f maybe, like, come up with your opinion for defensive, for these, like, defensive awards. It's still pretty tough, but I've did, I've managed to make my own team, so let's get right into it. This one, again, kind of like the All-NBA, you have two guards, two forwards, and a center. So I was kind of restricted, but I still think I have a pretty good team. First team on defense, let's get right into it. First one, someone who has got a lot of love over the last few weeks, especially for potentially like winning um, Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, um, the best defense in the league the Celtics have since, I think, the turn of the new year. And you would say, I mean, like you, you can see another smart teammate here in the second team, but smart in terms of defending like the, the team's best guards, being the signal caller for the team, you don't have many of those at the guard position now in the NBA. Um, and Marcus Smart just does that on a night-to-night -night basis. He does, He has been doing this his whole career. He And just people who are saying that, look, they need a point guard. Sure, they might need to. But when you have Marcus Smart on the court, you just have to, when you have Marcus Smart, you just have to have him on the court. He's that important to that team. And more than just him being like there out on the basketball court, him being a leader, him being the defensive anchor, in my opinion, for the Celtic team, he deserves to be on this um, on this team. Next player, again, one of the um, guys that me and Juan talked about as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, Mikel Bridges. And for me, a lot of this has to do, I mean, obviously he does have the stats to back it up. Like one and one steal per game. Um, not only as many blocks, but the Suns are a top five defense in basketball. And just watch Mikel Bridges play. This guy has a massive, massive wingspan. And he just feels like he's just all over the place. He really does feel like that. And... Again, I don't know how the, the 76ers traded him away for Zaire Smith and what another first like another pick. No, no, no. They missed out on Mikel Bridges, someone who is a great three point shooter and is also one of the better defenders in the league. Definitely deserves some love. The Suns are a fantastic defensive team. He's on this list slash team. Next three, all, all again, all defensive um, player of the year nominees from both um, Juan and myself. We got Giannis. What can you say about him? I mean, I spent. Um, with Brook Lopez gone, he had to move into that center position, kind of held his own. The the Bucks defense definitely took a dip compared to previous years. Like I think they're just like better than slightly better than like half the teams in the league. But Giannis, you could still see his impact there. Can basically guard positions one to five. You you can debate that amongst yourself, but he definitely like is great on that end. So yeah, he is 100% all defensive player. Next player I want to discuss: Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, the Grizzlies turned around like from like the worst defense in basketball like in the first month to like a top five one now, which is absolutely crazy, and that has to do a lot with Jaron Jackson being able to stay healthy, leading the league in blocks and also total blocks and blocks per game. He is the anchor of that defense. He his ability to switch as well onto the perimeter is really really useful. His defensive presence is known, and he definitely deserves to be on this all defensive team. And last but not least, Bad Adebayo. Um, his ability, again, same thing with Jaren Jackson Jr. I think he's even a little bit more athletic than Jaren Jackson Jr., but 
His ability to guard guys on the perimeter, being a defensive anchor for that team, a very good shot blocker. He's just someone where you have to account for where Bam Adebayo is at all times on the court. And you could try attacking him, but he again, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, he just moves he just moves well. Even like with the injury he had this year, he still was able to move it like pretty well and that's what how he like gets his love for like being all defense. Again, a great rim protector. He deserves to be on this team. Now on to the second team. I didn't I'm gonna start off with two guys who, especially early on the season, I had them like as like early favorites for defensive player of the year. And even though they either I wouldn't say dropped off, like their team dropped off, or they dismissed a bunch of games. I still think they're going to be on this all-defensive teams. Center, Rudy Gobert. No matter what anyone says, he is the most impactful defensive player in the league. It's not his fault that the rest of the Jazz can't defend. He is extremely important. He needs to be talked about among, like, he still needs to be considered one of the best defensive players. Maybe it might be the end for his time in Utah, but I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a lot of teams wanting his services. We talk about this every year. He's always a defensive player of the year candidate. It's just, he just, he, it's just like hard to put him in that conversation this year, especially with how disappointing the Jazz have been on that end. And again, it's not his fault, but it's just been kind of dysfunctional there for the Utah Jazz. And then the other person beside him in the front court, Draymond Green. Draymond Green here was my like one. He like early on in the season was my runaway defensive player of the year win winner. Mm-hmm. Missed a bunch of games. The Warriors fell off. And he just like honestly he just doesn't have enough like either games played or just mm-hmm. um that imp like like his like kind of stock just fell like when he like went out with injury. They missed him a lot. Maybe that kind of helped his case, but I just don't think he like especially with the way Giannis has played this year, Jaron Jackson, Bam Adebayo. I can't put Draymond Green on that first team, especially because he just missed a huge chunk. But he is still on the all-defensive second team. The final forward, and I'm kind of cheating here, I'm putting in Robert Williams the third. He is a center for the for the Celtics, but it's it's my team. It's my team, and I, I just feel like I can't leave this guy off the list. Again, along with Marcus Smart, this guy has been a fantastic defender this year. People who were saying that he was like lazy about like playing like in the NBA, like he hasn't like trying as much. Well, this year he's become one of the league's best defensive anchors, a great rebounder, and just able again another athletic big who can kind of hold hold his own on the perimeter. But his best like when he's like roaming in the paint, and Robert Williams just does such a great job with that. Unfortunately for the for the Celtics, he's gonna he's gonna miss a significant chunk of this of the playoffs, even if they make it that far. But it's, I mean, it does suck, but you still got to love the growth you've seen in Robert Williams' game. One of the leaders in blocks per game at 2.2. He's fantastic. I need to put him somewhere. You know, I had to put him somewhere. And then the two guards. One of the guards, um, renowned around the league, as one of the best defensive guards in the league. I got to put him here. Another Milwaukee Buck player. Give me Drew Holiday. Give me Drew Holiday. As an, event, as an individual defender on guards, you don't get much better than him. Or you don't even get much. You really don't get better, get better than Drew Holiday. His impact is there. He did miss some games, but he still showed this year why the Bucks traded so much to get him. His ability to like score, facilitate, rebound at the guard position. Most importantly, being able to go on to the to the opponent's best guard and lock him up for how many minutes per game is great. He deserves this love. He is on my all defensive team. Then last but not least, I got to show my guy some love. Show me some Fred Van Vliet. Um, one of the leaders in steals 
um, this season. Someone who is just a pest. He's just an absolute pest. He looks kind of deceiving. You look at him, he's like, you know, I see some like mismatch here, but he's not gonna he's not gonna let it be that easy. Whether it's a big, whether it's a small, he always feels like he's like in the play. He never like leaves the play, and that's what's like super cool about Fred Van Vliet. More than like just over one and a half steals a game. He's just everywhere. And again, one of the like guys on the Raptors um where he's not really like a six eight, six nine guy. But he's still able to make a huge impact on that end. That's why he is my final member of the all-defensive team. Those are my two all-defensive teams. Let me know down below. Once again, agree or disagree. Am I missing someone? Let me know down below. Last but not least, all-NBA teams. This one, I'm going to go a bit more in-depth into. But I'm not going to like hopefully go too, too long. Because I think like you kind of have an idea. But there might be you know some guys that you feel like, Oh, why is this guy off instead of this guy? Debate among yourself. If you have any questions, I'll definitely try and answer them. But let's get into it. These are some of the best players in the league. All-NBA first, second, and third team. Again, two guards, two forwards, and a center. Let's get into it. First one, let's go to the All-NBA guards. We're going to start off with Luka Doncic. This year, 28 points a game, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, basically. 45-35-74 shooting splits. And they're, and the Mavericks are a top-four seed in the, in the West. At Luca's just having another Luca type year. There's no like really way to go around it. He is just that guy. There's a reason why people like we already consider him a like a top ten player in the league. Luca's amazing. Luca's absolutely amazing. And what absolutely sucks for Luca right now is that he has a calf strain and they don't even know if he's gonna be ready for game one, which sucks. But Luca Doncic for the season, sixty five games played. Is a is the reason why the Bucks why the Mavs are up there, fourth in the West. They're facing the Jazz in the playoffs. They I know they're gonna like that matchup. They're a really good team, and Luca is just all worldly good. That's why he's on this list. The guard beside him in the backcourt, Devin Booker. You gotta have a son here. You gotta have a son. Chris Paul missed a lot of games. That definitely doesn't help his case. Devin Booker had like a COVID scare earlier in the season, but still 68 games played. 27 points a game, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 47% from the field, 38 from 3, and also 87 at the line. People think that, like, like at least I thought when Chris Paul went down, like, during the All-Star break, this just means that um, the, the, the Suns are going to kind of falter a bit. You know, without Chris Paul, how are they going to be maintaining these wins? Well, they went on almost another, like, what, double-digit winning streak? Maybe they hit it. I'm not 100% sure. But Devin Booker, growing into his own player, and just able to like still lead this team even without Chris Paul on the court to just getting these wins, keeping them um, number one in the league, honestly by far. I think it's like eight game, yeah. Like they're eight games ahead of the second best team in the entire league. He's fantastic. He is absolutely fantastic. And there's a, I mean, he is their best player on a team, on a Suns team that is, has won the most games in franchise history. He's just that, he is that guy. I don't know how far I would put him into MVP conversations, but he is a ph phenomenal player. One of the best scorers we have. He is on my All-NBA first team. Next um, next player here, who I didn't really talk about, but he honestly could be a top five MVP candidate this year, Jason Tatum, my first forward on the All-NBA first team. 27 points a game, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 45, 35, 85 um, shooting splits. And again, Jason Tatum this year, Got to give him a lot of credit. He has improved on the defensive end ever since his rookie season. 
he is coming around to passing more, which is great. And it's and he is the number one guy on a Celtics team that once was the 11th seed and has jumped all the way to number two, finishing with a 51-31 record. Tatum is great. Tatum is an absolutely fantastic player. I knew he was going to be in um, – and he's like, he's going to be like um, – what's it called? Um, I knew he was going to be in like top five like discussions for all NBA uh, for for MVP eventually. I would probably consider him in that top five. He's just it's just too bad. He, there's just too many great kind of candidates this year. But in terms of all NBA first team, he's played a, basically almost all the games. He's only missed six games this year, putting up massive numbers on one of the best teams in the East. He is on my all NBA first team. Then these next two guys, you don't have to go much into it because they talked a lot about them a lot when it came to the MVP race. The final forward for the All-NBA team, Giannis. 30-12-6 this year, 55% from the field, 29% from three, 72 at the line. One of the best defensive guys in the league. I mean, I mean, he's Giannis. He's absolutely, like, he's Giannis. He completely just dominates the game. He makes it look so easy. At times, like, you could just feel that the books are in cruise control and they would still get dubs because of Giannis. He is that great of a player. And he, honestly, with the way the Bucks won last year, him even looking the best he's ever been, he's they're they're still favorites to win the title. And honestly, right now I was trying to deny it for years on end. He's the best player in the league. He's the best player in the league. I think I mentioned that in the last episode as well. But he is the best player in the league. Giannis is great. All NBA first team, no question. And in the center position. And look, I know you can put Embiid and Jokic on the same team. But will I do that? No. I am not going to do that. I'm tired of saying, look, we're going to try and have him beat as a forward just so you can try and do this. No, no, no. I'm going to make him a center. It doesn't matter. No one cares if you're first team or second team. You're all NBA. People are going to look back at this and say, oh, Joel Embiid, 10, 12-time All-NBA player. They're not going to count how many first team All-NBAs you're going to have. 100% not. <laughs> They're just not. So... Yeah, that doesn't really matter. So, but if I had to do, if I had to pick one for the first team, give me Jokic. Jokic is is, is phenomenal. 27, 14, and 8. Best season of his career. 58% from the field, 34% from three, 81 from the line. One of the most efficient players in the league. 66% true shooting percentage. And he's playing at the at, at his highest level without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. He is my MVP. I don't mind if you have Giannis or Embiid. I really don't. But Jokic, another historic season. He is the center for my all-NBA first team. Now moving on to the second team. And I definitely did some fiddling around because there were some guys I had on the third team but then moved up and then maybe vice versa. But here is my all-NBA second team. I'm just going to get the center out the way. Joel Embiid, 31-12-4. First center to win the scoring titles in Shaq like, in like year 2000 or something. He's amazing. He's an MVP candidate. And look, he's just he's unreal. He's just an absolutely unreal player. If you have him as your MVP again, I don't care. He's had a great year. He deserves it. But it's like you you really have to just nitpick between him, Jokic, and Giannis. You we already know that. But when it comes to the All NBA Second Team Center, no doubt Joel Embiid is that guy. Fourth seed in the East, Embiid is my first my second team center. Now let's move on to the forwards. We're doing reverse from the first team. My first forward on this list. Kevin Durant. Now, Kevin Durant arguably is having a better season than Jason Tatum, but played significantly less games, played 55 games this year. The Nets are the seventh seed 
which is kind of low for the net standards. So this is why I had to put KD down a little bit here. But still, KD level season, 30 points a game, basically 7.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists. <laughs> I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. People can make the argument he's the best player in the league, sure. But he just does, like, he is just so good on the offensive end. Everything for him looks so easy. And he's having just another fantastic year. People expect them to just roll over the Cavs in the, in the play-in game. He, he's just phenomenal. He's just absolutely phenomenal. And the only reason, like, again, he's on the first team, and then play enough games, and he just his team's success. Really, that's it. But Kevin Durant's still one of the best players in the league. He is my first forward on this list. There's not much you really have to go into Kevin Durant because we know what he's all about. He is phenomenal. Now, this is one of the people who I had on my third team, but, you know, like, before this episode, I was like, you know what? I'm going to move him up. Give me DeMar DeRozan. Give me De DeMar DeRozan as my second forward on the All-NBA second team. 28 points a game, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 50% from the field, 35% from 3, and 88% at the line. And I'm going to and I keep and I keep telling this about DeMar, but it's absolutely true. I've seen him play in the Raptors uniform for how however however many of years. My favorite player of all time. This is the best I've seen DeMar DeRozan all season long. This is the best version of DeMar I've seen. Him taking over in the clutch situations. Especially like in the first, like the early part of the bowl season where they were like, what, number one, number two? He was that guy. And unfortunately for the Bulls, injuries happened. Um, their lack of a center really did get exposed in the second half of the season. But you can't take away from DeMar of how great he was, especially because he was still the best player on a Bulls team who haven't made the playoffs in a minute, but they were still able to maintain the sixth seed. DeMar was a big reason of that. That's why he is my all-NBA second team forward. Next, my first guard I'm going to be discussing for All-NBA second team, Steph Curry. Him and KD were like the very early favorites for for um, MVP, but injuries, just them kind of like falling back down to earth um, in terms of their numbers, really kind of pushed them down the ladder. But like an underwhelming Steph Curry season, which some people may look at this as, is still phenomenal. Still absolutely phenomenal. 26 points a game, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, 44% from, from the field. 38% from 3 and 92 at the line. It is a bit lower compared to Steph Curry's standards, but it's phenomenal. It's still a phenomenal season. Him missing some games at the end does kind of like help, like hurt his chances. But at the same time, Steph Curry, having a Steph Curry-type season, best shooter in the league. There's like there's really not much you have to say about the guy. He's, he was the biggest reason why the Warriors were even like in the third, second, first place for a, majority, for a good chunk of the season. Probably I think around second place. And you can tell how much they miss him ever since he went out with injury. Hurting Andrew Wiggins' game. Um, hurting Draymond Green's game. They really need him back for the, for the playoffs. Hopefully we get to see him soon within a week. Now my final guard for the all-NBA teams in the third in, as a second guard selection. I'm going John Morant, my MIP, 27 points a game, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 49% from the field, 34% from 3, and 76% at the line. Look, I thought he was going to be great this year. If you listen back to my Western Conference preview slash predictions, slash my award predictions, I was like, look, he's going to have a great year, 23 points a game, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, yada, yada, yada. He's been even better. He's been absolutely, like, even better. Borderline top 5 point guard, you can even put him as a top 5 point guard if you really would choose to he's great he has just taken himself to a whole nother level grizzlies being the, th the second seed best uh, the second best team in the league and he is the focal leader 
He is the, the on-court leader. He just knows how to carry himself and how knows how to lead a team. This team has just immaculate vibes for them. John Moran at the forefront. He is phenomenal, and that's why he is on my All-NBA second team. Last but not least, the All-NBA third team. And now this one is a bit, again, a, a, a tough decision. There were some guys I had to leave off. Some guys are going to be discussing right now. Actually, no, you know what? I'm going to leave those to the end. But So I'm going to get right straight into this. Let's go back to the guards, All-NBA third team guards. First guard I'm going to be discussing, Chris Paul. Chris Paul did miss a chunk of games at the end of the season, but at the end of the day, he's having another just phenomenal Chris Paul year. And the thing is, you know, the numbers are not going to jump out at you. 15 points a game, 4 rebounds, 11 assists. By the way, leading the league in assists, uh, in assists per game, 11. He's just phenomenal. He's just like him him and Devin Booker being the two top guys for like clutch scoring in the league just shows that how reliable he is, how good the Suns are to closing games. And that's what really just ultimately gets him these wins. You have two guys that can like that you can go to for a bucket or to make the right decision in at the end of the game. Having those two guys is just so so valuable. And him and Devin Booker as a backcourt is a big reason why I think that they are the favorites to win the title. I really do think so. And he's his numbers are still even down from this year, but the impact still remains. Chris Paul is the point guard for a reason, and that's why he is on my All NBA third team. You really can't deny it. Chris Paul is just absolutely fantastic. Next guard I want to put in here. This guy's putting up way too much, too way too good numbers. I know his team's in the play-in, but you can't ignore it. Trey Young. Trey Young's been phenomenal this year. 28 points a game, 4 rebounds, 10 assists. Leading the league in total points and total assists in the season. The Hawks didn't really do him any justice. Their defense has been like middle of the pack the entire year. Very underwhelming season, especially after that Eastern Conference Finals appearance last year. But Trey Young is still that guy. In my opinion, he is a top 5 point guard. He continues to prove it this year. He has... It's just like... Look, he's like his defense is like is not very good, but his impact on the offensive end of the floor, him being able to lead this team, at only twenty three years of age, is so incredible, and you got to you can't you like you can't deny those numbers, and it's not like you know the the Hawks were like a playing team like under five hundred. No, they're like what forty three, forty four wins, still a decent record. You just wish it was better for the Hawks, really. They just wish it was a bit better, but Trey Young, fantastic year. He is my second guard on the All NBA team. Forward, my first forward here. I had this guy on the second team, but his team did not even make the play, and this is why I couldn't put him all the way up to the second team. Give me LeBron James. Second in the league in scoring, 30 points a game, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. King James, another great year. Now, him missing out on the play-in definitely did drop him from the second team to the third team. But at the age of, what, 37, how does he do this? Like how does he? How is he able to do this year in year out? Yes, the Lakers were bad this year. Yes, it was a full blown catastrophe. One of the most disappointing teams I've ever seen. But it's not all for LeBron. I mean, LeBron tried. LeBron tried. Poor roster construction, though. He put, he got his numbers, but couldn't get the wins. But you can't deny how great those numbers have been. LeBron, All NBA third team forward. Just sadly, the Lakers didn't even make the play in. That's crazy. The actual play in didn't even make it. So. Yeah, LeBron, first team, I'm sorry, um, third team, All-NBA forward. And then my second forward for this, call me biased, I don't really care. Give me All-NBA Siakam, Spicy P. Pascal Siakam, another fantastic year here. Bouncing back from his 
very underwhelming performance in um, in Tampa. Twenty one seven and five down. In, sorry, seven and um, four and a half in Tampa. Pretty bad shooting splits. But this year, man, this year he has bounced back. It has looked probably better than ever. Twenty three points a game, eight and a half rebounds, five assists. Points he at him sometimes. Him being able to take over games. He's at two triple doubles this year, and on a team as a number like being the number one guy on the fifth best team in the East. A team which some, which many thought wouldn't even make the play-in. Got to show Siakam some love. You know, as Raptor fans, how impactful he has been this year. I haven't over guys like a Jalen Brown, who's missed some games. But it's kind of in the shadow of Tatum. Jimmy Butler, who kind of, like, he, he could make the list here. But he also hasn't had as much of an impact. You can't deny that from Spicy P. You can't say he's overrated. He freaking showed out this year. That's why... He's make, he's he takes up the final spot of the All NBA third team. Then going on to the center, you can have some options here: Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert. But I went with Carl Anthony Towns. The, the Timberwolves, for the first time in forever, are a top eight seed. Whether they make it to the player or not, we still have to wait and see. But Towns this year, another phenomenal season: 25, 10, and four, three point three point champ, made the All Star team this year. He. Like he's putting up fantastic numbers. It's just like he's just being overshadowed because of how amazing Embiid and Jokic have been. But he has kind of solidified himself as the third best center in the league, putting up massive numbers. What's crazy for him, honestly, is the is the um forty what forty one percent from three twenty four, like fifty three percent from the field, eighty percent from the line. He is that guy, and the the Timberwolves they need him to be absolutely massive in this game against the Clippers in order to go to the, the playoffs. Would love to see that series between the Grizzlies and the and the Timberwolves. That'd be absolutely fire. But Carl Anthony Towns has to be that guy. He's been that guy for the majority of the year. Kind of slowed down at the end. I mean, he didn't look like he was really trying, but he still had a great enough season. He is my final player for the All NBA third team. So yeah, that is all of the teams: rookie teams, defensive teams, All NBA teams. Let me know down below, agree or disagree. What do you guys think? I've got almost forty minutes on this pod. All three teams just try to like it's super hard to kind of get all of them in, but again, thank you guys for all the support on this. I think this is working on today's episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels, like, share, and subscribe if you are on YouTube. And remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for awesome content. I'm gonna be back on Friday with potentially a, potentially two guests, but for sure one guest. Um, we're gonna be making our playoff predictions, which is gonna be absolutely fantastic. And again, just enjoy the playing tournament this week. Some massive games here. I'm gonna be definitely keeping my eyes on that. We'll look out for the previews and reviews of those games on my TikTok or Instagram. You'll probably see it there. But yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be it for me. Thank you guys for all the support. Hope you all have a fantastic day. Take it easy, guys. TV signing out. Peace.